Hey there, I'm Scott, and this is Tangents. Well, I missed Wednesday. I've been uh, doing pretty well on keeping the cadence and uh, just kind of blew the day. I, I could have, to be fair, could have prioritized it, could have made it happen. Um, I'm not going to claim that I was like so busy that it was impossible, but I also kind of wanted a little time that was kind of unallocated that day, so didn't do it. Um, feel a little bad about that, but obviously, you know, this is not like it's that big of a deal, I think, but um, I, I would have rather done it. I feel semi-guilty, actually, weirdly enough. Not that I, not that this is something I get in any way compensated for or um, you know, anything like this, but I do know there are some people that listen, and uh, if, if you missed one, I'm sorry about that. Uh, I'm going to try to keep it up. But I'm definitely, definitely feeling stretched pretty thin. Uh, I keep trying to get to the point where I have, you know, enough people either working for me or helping out that, uh, you know, I have more more time off and you know, a little bit of little bit of pressure taken off. And it just it seems like the more well, certainly the more people I hire, the more meta work there is, because. Um, you know, we're, we're sort of getting to the point where we're going to even delegate management a little bit more. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that that's going to help a lot. Um, but for the moment, at least, uh, work is pretty, pretty busy, uh, which is good. You know, have work to do. I'm better off there than a lot of people. Uh, actually, I, I just saw like uh, the unemployment numbers is just unbelievable, like crazy, crazy high. And I mean, part of it, part of it does get to something that I talk about a lot, which is I do think most of, you know, and again, I don't want to imply that we're a post-scarcity society. Certainly not. Definitely not there. People have to work. If people, if everybody stopped working, uh, we'd all starve to death pretty much. But that being said, there are so many people in jobs that really, I'm not saying they're redundant, but they're definitely not essential. And uh, oddly enough, of course, the ones that we consider to be essential, many of those are also not, not essential. But so many people, like, you know, and I'm not saying, like, if I stopped working, the world is not going to fall apart, you know. Um, I people will be disappointed, I won't get uh, stuff done, I won't accomplish things, uh, but it's not like I am in the critical path for civilization. And the number of people who are is very few. And they're also very poorly compensated. It's, it's kind of, it's tragic in a way, but uh, when you look at, like if you're a hunter-gatherer, uh, pretty much everyone, or at least you know, a large chunk of the population, are primary producers. There are people who, if they stop doing their stuff, um, you know, like one or two of them might be able to kind of, you know, slack a little bit, but you're basically going to get hungry. And then when you get hungry, you're probably going to be motivated to forage for food or somehow find some. Uh, you know, you think about it today, and again, I'm not saying, you know, there are certainly people who are starving. And certainly, especially if you go outside of this country, um, in the country, 
there are people who are starving as well, but for the most part, they don't need to be. You know, they're they're starving, and in fact, this is I guess this is this is true of everyone around the world. There is no person on this planet that needs to be starving today. Every person who starves to death, every person who loses their vision due to malnutrition, everything like that, that's happening today is preventable. And it's not just that it's preventable, it is preventable without really impacting anyone. You know, which is to say we have so much of a surplus that is getting concentrated on so few people that you could shave a lot of that off, spread it around, and still have crazy wealth disparity, but just not have people die and not have people starve to death. I mean, people will die, obviously, but not from stupid reasons that are completely preventable. People will not be blind because they, they can't get enough vitamin A. Um, you know, people won't die of cholera or some other gastrointestinal disease because they have poor water sanitation. You know, you could have all of that stuff. That we don't is a condemnation of, you know, of our civilization. It's similar also, I mean, no. Different, but still. I, I will say this, I eat meat. I feel like that's probably the most immoral thing that I do in, um, in general, um, but I do. And I, I try not to do it that often. I try to, you know, like cut back, but I still, you know, I'll go like two or three days without and then I, I do. I feel bad about it. But when you think about it, this is one of those things where if you, if you were in a civilization where that was not necessary, if you imagine some point in our future where you can eat pretty much whatever you want and you don't have to murder some other animals and torture them for it, um, the people from that time would certainly, one would think, look back at the people who do even what I do, and certainly the people who are really carnivores, and think what barbarians these people were. You know, you just, and it's not just, it's not bad enough that, you know, we do kill animals, other animals besides humans, um, although people kill humans as well, but it's not bad enough that people do that. People kind of torture them for their whole lives. I mean, you, th you think about like uh, what it is to be a dairy cow in an industrial farm. And it's just, it's staggering and awful. And it doesn't need to be. It doesn't need, you don't need to get the cow pregnant and then go through to term, steal the baby, the calf, and then milk the cow. Because you don't want the calf taking the milk for the people. You have to, you know. I mean, you think about it, there's all this industrial farm stuff. I mean, it's, it's good on one hand in the sense that, you know, if you have industrial crop production, we can produce enough food for so many more people than have to farm, which means, you know, if you're making corn, for example, you can be one person or a small farm, a small being, you know, and you can produce food for orders of magnitude more people. Um, yeah, so that's good. That means you don't have to have everybody in agriculture. But it also means, you know, I mean, it's, it's kind of weird. You don't have to do that. And then at the same time, like you could have much more efficient, um, even if you're, if you're killing animals, you could have efficient livestock production and uh, monitoring all this stuff. Let 
animals live kind of in relative, you know, peace and in decent-ish conditions and still manage to to make your food, to get, you know, to kill them and get their meat. But what we do, I mean, we have these, like, basically, I, I don't want to use the word concentration camp because I don't want to disparage the people who've been placed in those, but it's, I mean, it's really like you, if you drive by one of these factory farms, um, all these cows packed together in a place that is just, you know, I mean, it, the smell is awful. It smells like death. It, you know, the cows look sick. They have to give them antibiotics just to keep them from being, uh, you know, to be okay-ish. And it's just like, it's so fucked up. And you think these are sentient beings. They're not, uh, they're not little machines. They're not like just harvesting. They're, they're not, I mean, if you want to get, yeah, if you want to get really extreme, you could claim like, okay, trees have some kind of response to, um, to having, you know, to being plucked or to having fruit removed from them. But they're probably not experiencing pain in the sense that you are or suffering or anguish. And you know, when you're, when you're a cow or you're a pig or whatever, a chicken, and you're in one of these farms and you're just in these horrible conditions. Yeah, I mean, even, it, it's just, it's just, I don't know. It's hard not to look at a civilization that does that and um, it's hard not to condemn them. And it's hard, again, not to condemn myself for this because I think about it and uh, yeah. I, the, the reason that I, I do continue to eat meat is basically that uh, I've tried a few times, well, more than a few times, not to. And I still, I basically, like my pattern is go a few days without it. And then at a certain point, and it doesn't, I, I haven't figured out like if I'm missing some nutrient or what, but whatever it is, I start feeling weak um, and kind of run down. And then I have meat and I almost instantly feel much better. And yeah, you know, it's kind of, Kind of makes me feel like shit in the sense that you know, but um, I that's what I do. Um, yeah, and it's it's not even I, I do enjoy some of it sometimes. I'm not saying that I don't like it at all, but you know, when you think about what is involved in the production of that, and I mean, also, yeah, I get um, now I I do think the the milk that I get is produced under relatively humane conditions, although still, you know, not, not great. But I do get uh, a mocha every day. And that mocha has milk in it. Um, I've tried, I've tried non-dairy milk in it, and it just, I don't know, I just don't feel right, you know, if I don't do it. And I just, uh, I don't know, it, 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 it's, it's weird. And I don't know, obviously people survive quite well without eating meat. And you think about that, and that being the case, it's a solvable problem. Uh, maybe it is just a matter of like me pushing through. I have pushed, the, the longest that I've gone is about a month. And then uh, that one, I accidentally had meat because I had a, uh, went to a Korean restaurant and had tofu soup, which is delicious, but uh, didn't realize it's tofu, but it also had like beef broth. Um, but yeah, still a delicious thing. If you, you know, I love that stuff. Haven't had that in a long time. Uh, 
kimchi tofu. Anyway, um, but you know, did that. Still went like another week or two, and then I, I don't even remember why I went back. But I think I, I feel like it's something I have to just uh, go back to and push through because it's just I don't know. It's just so fucked up. It really, it really is. Um, I mean, which is not to say that obviously there are many other problems in the world, uh, but that kind of needless suffering at that scale, I mean, there's just the, the scale of it, the number of living beings who are essentially tortured for their whole lives, uh, it's just staggering. And you look at that and you're like, damn, I mean, what the fuck are you people doing? And, and I, I have to include myself in that. Um, and then you look also like even your own people, even other human beings, not to elevate human beings above other animals because they're, you know, but even your own people, you have starving to death and you have in, in large numbers and without necessity. Like, I don't know. It, it just, it gets to me. It really gets to me. Um, man. So anyway, I'm, I'm sorry to, don't want to be a bummer here. But uh, that's, it's a thing, it, it comes up for me periodically and I think about it, I think about it a lot, really. And it just, um, I don't know, I feel like it's, I feel like it's, uh, it's, it's wrong, like it's morally and ethically wrong to, to do that. And uh, I do think, yeah, I mean, I guess there are, there are tears. It's not great under any circumstances. But if you're doing it in a way that's relatively humane, it doesn't seem so bad. Um, and I do try, if, if I'm ever preparing meat, like if I, or if I get it, I generally try to get something that is supposed to be free range and all of this. I feel like that's kind of like a, a bullshit marketing thing more than, I mean, it, which, I look into it and there's something, but then you look at it and it's like, well, kind of, but you know, it's like, they can be free range if they have access. You know, you can have all of these chickens in a little area, in one little port, and they have access to go out, and they're able to, but they're not like physically able to do it. And you know, like in principle, in theory, they could, but not really. Uh, the, the The restrictions are not very good. I mean, it's just it, it that gets to one of these things that um, this is a very a much more general problem. But we have so many. La so many things that are not regulated. Yeah, you know, I mean, people complain. It, it, it's cliche to complain that things are overregulated. And I will tell you this: I have, I have a few businesses, and yeah, having a business and you start interacting with like the Corporation Commission, or um, the Delaware Corporation Commission, the Arizona one, uh, any of these organizations, the. It, it does make you fucking think, like, why is this so dysfunctional and so ineffectual? But at the same time, I do know the answer to that is basically it's entropy. Like, people don't give a shit enough. And also, like, even somebody like me, I'll go in and I'll go through the process and I'll end up, you know, like, getting my head beaten against the wall, like, ten times before I get it done, whatever I'm trying to do. And I'm irritated but I've got it done now, and now I don't have to do it ever again, or you know, very rarely. Usually also you do it again and you're like, okay, done, I've, I know what the process is. 
and then you do something else and you end up going through the same, the same bullshit. I've never once, I, I've, I've formed, I don't know how many companies and I've never once had it be painless or even, not just painless, I mean, it's just always, always there's something, that, the, the only time is like if there's something that's just like you form an LLC and it doesn't do anything, then it's not a big deal. But if you actually try to do something as a company, always fucking sucks every fucking time and especially if you do something like oh i'm a i have a delaware c or delaware general corp which is like a c corporation and it's registered as a foreign corporation in arizona and then you, you do that getting that registered or doing a name change or doing like all kinds of shit like that fucking pain in the ass and it doesn't need to be it does not need to be at all really to, to fix that you need somebody who cares to be in a position of power and somebody who's willing to, you know, like grind against stuff and fix it. Because if you don't do that, things just gradually kind of get worse. And then you also have like all the people who actually regularly interact with that stuff. Either they know how to do it, they know the process, they know the people, or yeah, they're somebody who has so much money they can just throw it at somebody else who knows how to do it. So it's not that big of a deal. It's, um, yeah, but it's still, it's just annoying. It's just annoying. So, damn, damn. I'm, I'm, um, I'm very tired also. Like, I, this is not helping my general disposition. I'm, I'm generally a pretty positive person and I feel my, my default kind of level is relatively content, you know? I'm not a, um, not generally a depressive person. I'm kind of, yeah, I'm not like super hyped up either, but I'm just like, you know, pretty content, but I feel run down. You know, I just feel worn down because I've been, um, I keep, I keep fucking waking up at like 4 a.m. And it doesn't matter when I go to bed, can't go to bed. Well, actually it does matter. If I go to bed early, um, then I wake up at 2 a.m. And yeah, so it's like, I'm stuck getting, you know, if I'm lucky, five hours of sleep, um, some nights much less. And like a couple times this week, I got up at like two. And when I say I got up at like two, I mean, I went to bed at like 11. So I got like three hours of sleep. And it's just like, oh, it, it, if, if this is something you have not dealt with, um, this insomnia, it's just, it's so frustrating. And again, I feel bad complaining about it because again, so, and I keep saying again, but the, there are so many, so many problems in the world and so many things that are much worse than the stuff that I'm facing. But that's just, it's just, it gets to you, you know, it, um, it's frustrating. And it also, I mean, the thing that I notice, and it's actually, this goes to, um, my diet as well. If I'm, if I'm eating, uh, you know, like more of like a plant-based diet, I, I feel a little down, you know, I don't feel like depressed, but I just feel like my energy level's a little low. Uh, my, you know, motivation is a little lower. Um, a little more tired, all this kind of stuff. And then I, you know, have some meat, feel a little per perked up. Um, still not great because I'm still fucking tired all the time. But, um, and that, man. Anyway, just, uh, just shocking how, like the current situation, there are so many things. There are, to be fair, to be fair, there are certain things that give me hope. You know, all of these protests that have been going on, 
Um, people, you know, if you look at the approval rating for Black Lives Matter, um, it, at one point, not that long ago, it was in the fucking toilet. Which, you know, honestly, I, it's so goddamn dumb. So fucking dumb that people, you know, like, this should be a non-controversial statement. Black Lives Matter. Then people read in all kinds of bullshit to it. They, there's a lot of motivational, motivational, motivated thinking going into there. There's a lot of, you know, like people trying to be bothered by it or people. One thing that I notice a lot that irritates the shit out of me is, you know, if there's any, you, you don't realize how much privilege you have. I, I try to, but you still, it's just, it's like air. It's all around you and you don't. You kind of feel it if you really think about it you can you know sort of be aware of its presence but it's mostly invisible and it's mostly something that yeah you just don't have a real tangible contact with and the people that don't have it they're much more aware that they don't have it and so the people that don't have it getting a little bit more to a lot of people that do have it starts feeling like they're losing something. Because, you know, they're not losing something, but other people are getting raised up a little bit, and the delta is diminishing a tiny bit. So people are like, oh, well, you know, uh, you get the people who are, I, I don't even want to say the term reverse discrimination because it's such a bullshit term, but you get people that are just so, like, injured and angry, and they've been raised to just, uh, I don't know, it, it's just, it's very depressing in some sense, but on the, on the flip side, all of that said, that's kind of like the, the setting for all this. The, the approval rating for Black Lives Matter has gone way up. The, you know, I mean, you look at these protests, so many people for so much time are out there like protesting the police, protesting a lot of other injustices. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it gives me hope. It makes me think, you know, People for the longest time just assumed the police were like this um, superpower. You know, you can't, you have to bow down to the police because there's such a strong lobby, and uh, they're they're losing some strength there. It makes me happy. It really, it really makes me happy. I, and I'm not saying that like I don't want any law enforcement ever under any circumstances, but I do think that police departments are just fundamentally broken in a way that just is not reparable. I really do think that you can't, like, you really can't take that and without doing something dramatic, like firing most of the people or fire everybody. This is probably the easiest thing you could do. Um, I mean, you want to do it like in a stage, but you essentially fire, lay off everybody, and then you reconstitute something and you're doing these kind of concurrently. So you're not having a big gap, but you reconstitute stuff by having something much smaller, much, you know, less severe in scope. And then that thing you hire people on and you build the culture that you needed. And you probably don't hire on too many of the people that you laid off because uh, if you get them back, you're just going to restore that culture. You need to dilute that shit. Yeah. You know? It's just, I mean, you look at um, the, the entitlement of cops, the the perception that both cops and citizens have of the relative risk of being a cop, which, you know, I, I've talked about this before, 
But if you're a cop, like you're not in the top 10 most dangerous jobs. I think it's like top 15 or 16. And when you look at the ones that are ahead of them, um, yeah, it's things like working on a farm, loggers, uh, pilots, you know, people who have not even that risky of jobs, much more risky than being a cop. But cops get this, this pass. It's like, you know, oh, I'm so scared and I'm so threatened. You know, like you have the cops pissing their pants and because they're pissing their pants, they go up and, you know, feel justified in fucking murdering people. And, you know, it's just, you know, it's not just murdering people. Like, it's not just uh, putting your knee on somebody's neck. It's not just doing these things, putting somebody in a chokehold and then killing them. It's also like the, the just rife abuse of power. Uh, the, the, I mean, here's a stupid thing. I, I've gone around for, I mean, I pay attention to stuff a little bit sometimes. I drive around the city and the number of times that I see a cop, pay attention to this, tune in a little bit. Um, maybe they're acting on good behavior right now, but the number, the frequency with which you'll see a cop like get to a stoplight and turn on their, um, their lights so they can blow through the stoplight and then turn them off and then just go about their business like no big deal. Yeah, um, it's, it's high. It's much higher than it should be. The frequency of the, the, the cops that I see, yeah, I mean, you think about all the things that cops do that either are completely unnecessary or certainly don't need somebody in body armor with a gun um, and a you know, fucking club to beat the shit out of people with. You don't need that for most of the stuff that they do. A lot of the things that they do, you don't need at all. And I mean, I'm not even just talking about like victimless crimes, like, um, you know, these things that I've talked about before that, you know, like uh, drug laws. They enforce them asymmetrically based on class and race. And, you know, you look at this and you're like, if you didn't do that, if you, first off, actually, if you didn't do that, how many people would not be disenfranchised, would not be put into prison, which costs a fuck ton of money. And, you know, if you're a private prison, you're making a lot of money on people suffering. Again, how many people just have their lives fucking torpedoed because they do something that, again, you know, not to put too fine a point on it, but that Obama and Bill Clinton did, you know, and that not only them, I mean, I know so many people the number of people that I know, I, I would say almost everybody that I know, yeah, you know, I know people who are like me and they're basically teetotalers and they never, never have tried pot, but I know so many people who have tried it and regularly use it. And you know, you think about it, it's like, and obviously not a big deal, not a big deal at all. And you just think about it, like the people have their lives ruined, like literally destroy your life. You go to prison, you have a criminal record, you're a felon, you're disenfranchised, you can't get an apartment, you can't get a job. I mean, I, I, I can't, the, the fact that that exists at all as a thing, it, it's just fucking disgusting. And you think about also like the stuff that, um, I don't know. So eliminate that, you eliminate a huge amount of air quotes police work. Yeah, now, and, and then you look at uh, like the frequency of things that are actually like violent crimes and this sort of stuff. Cops do intervene sometimes, but for the most part, what cops do is come by later and investigate. 
not actually prevent the crime in the first place. It's very rare. I mean, it's like people with guns. People imagine, oh, I have this gun. Somebody is going to come into my house and then I'm going to use it like Dirty Harry. You know, Dirty Harry is probably a dated reference, but uh, just a little bit. But, you know, they, they think they're John McClane. They think that, you know, somebody's going to break into their house and they're going to take them out. And in reality, you're either almost all, first off, not a thing that happens very often. Uh, most crimes are people who, you know, have, you know, it's not to say that it doesn't happen. You know, you do get break-ins. It's a thing, but it's very rare. Most crimes are people that know somebody doing something. Or, you know, like if you're in a position where you're actually almost actively putting yourself in that position. Or, you know, like the, the most common ones, though, it's like, um, you know, with, with guns, you're much more likely, well, first off, with a gun, you're much more likely to kill yourself. Suicide, handguns, it's the thing. It's like what you do. You take that away, and then most of the crimes that are done with guns are, you know, things which are not the thing that people imagine. People imagine, I don't know, I mean, you build this, you build this narrative, I guess, and people like to hold on to certain narratives despite them being completely disconnected with reality. And one of those narratives is like, you know, I'm walking down the street and some rando is going to come up and, um, you know, you're a woman, some random person is going to come up and rape you. You picture that. And in reality, it's not that person. I mean, it, again, it does happen, but almost always it's somebody you know, or it's like fucking Brock Turner and you're at a party with some drunk frat asshole and he does it, he rapes you, or, and then gets basically like a, a tiny slap on the wrist. The, you think about that, I mean, just the disparity there. This motherfucker literally rapes a woman. Eh, not that big of a deal. And then you have people who smoke pot and get caught for it. And their their crime, their great crime, is that they're either of the wrong race or they have a lower socioeconomic status and they're just, you know, they're fucked for it. They, yeah, they do the thing that Bill Clinton did and their life is destroyed. It's just, it, it, it's just dumbfounding. And then all of that stuff also, you know, by criminalizing it, I mean, how people didn't learn this shit from prohibition is beyond me, but by making pot criminal, by, you know, making all these other drugs illegal, all you do is create a black market because the demand is there. People see the demand, you elevate the prices, and once the prices get high enough, the criminals are going like, hey, this is actually a good business opportunity. I'm an unethical person, I have no... Uh, moral compass or anything like that, and I see this opportunity, let's go in there and do it. And that's what they do, and then you have all this shit. Which doesn't, again, doesn't need to be done. It doesn't need to be this way. That's the thing that gets me the most about the way things are. Almost nothing. Like, there are certain things which are just fundamental, you know, they're hard problems. Um, extending life. Curing certain diseases is very hard. But fixing radical inequity, not that hard. Um, not putting so many people in prison, not that fucking hard. Having a much more egalitarian society, not that hard. Having a good education system, totally doable. And then the thing that really kills me about stuff like that is you look at the price. 
you look at the price per person. And again, I'm not trying to make a selfish argument here, but when you look at how much it costs to put people in prison versus to educate them, it's just, it's a fucking no-brainer. The fact that people have this just disgusting, uh, punitive, uh, just retributive, retribute, I can't say the word, but they have this idea of justice, which is just you're going to retaliate against people and punish them versus something where you're actually trying to rehabilitate them. Um, you look at all that and it's just, it doesn't need to be this way. And yeah, I mean, getting back to, you know, like the, the factory farms and all this stuff, it doesn't need to be that way either. You know, I mean, I'm not saying we have like replicators and we could just synthesize any kind of meat. But you could certainly have cows living happily on like green fields and pastures and like little rolling hills places and still have enough meat. It would be a little more expensive, but the cows would be much happier. And you look at what is a little more expensive. It's not like a hundred dollars for a hamburger. It's marginally more expensive. Uh, you look at how much it costs to pay somebody who's say picking strawberries very labor-intensive, painful, just difficult job. Strawberries are almost free. You don't have to double the price of strawberries to double what that person is making. You could charge margin, like so much, such a small amount more that you wouldn't even feel it. That's the thing that disgusts me. You wouldn't feel it. It's not like, oh shit, a strawberry costs 20 bucks. It's more like, oh, it costs, you know, an extra couple pennies. And in order, you know, like by doing that, you've doubled somebody's salary, you've doubled somebody's wages, you've given them, you know, healthcare, or, you know, like think about that. Imagine that you have, you've given somebody, I mean, this is a thing also, this I think we'll get to maybe the end of, um, of my little rant today. But um, when you think about like immigration, I, I, this comes up a lot, but my grandfather, came here, um, he was, I think, like 18-ish, 19-ish, came here with his cousin and his best friend. Um, I think they stowed away on a boat, came in, didn't, you know, like plan it or go through any process, come in, go to Ellis Island, um, get basically rubber stamped into the country. They worked legally. They got, uh, you know, which was, and I say that not because people are working illegally now, but because it was fucking easy. At the time, it was not like a big deal. And they came in, they did that, and then they got to be citizens, all become citizens. Again, there was like a path, it was like the thing you do. And now you have all these people who, like I do know people who have gotten citizenship. And it's, you know, I'm not saying it's impossible, certainly hard. And for a lot of people, it's very hard, like prohibitively hard. It doesn't need to be. There's no fucking reason to make it so. Like you look at Europe, for, exa for example, the Shenzhen area where you can go, you could, well, no longer the UK. I was going to give that as an example, but you could be born in France and then go to university in Spain and then work in Germany and then work another job in Italy. And you can just travel freely. There's no fucking reason that the United States, United fucking States of America, can't be part of that and probably be part of, say, Mexico and Canada, the North American uh, economic community. I'll just have that be like 
a thing where you can be Canadian and come to the United States and work. You could be American and go to the go to Canada and work and be you know able to do it legally, and maybe even have a path to becoming a citizen, or maybe even not need to. And you just look at that, and it's just I don't know. The, there are so many people who have these. I think it's mostly predicated on like this false sense of scarcity, just like the false sense of risk that drives people to have guns. They have this false illusion that um, you know there's there's only so much, and it's all zero sum. And if I don't have mine, if you get yours, then I'm not going to have mine. That kind of thing. Not the case at all. Not the case. We have so much shit, and not only that. The world, the way that it exists today, it's not zero-sum. The more people you have thinking about stuff and making stuff, the more stuff we have. So you're actually punishing yourself and you're making things more scarce by having shitty education, by making people suffer this way, by forcing people into stupid jobs which just are completely pointless. You can, I mean, it's just, it, it, it annoys the shit out of me. I do have hope that this could be changed. And I do have some hope that people are kind of starting to wake up and look at like, this is fucked the fuck up and maybe start realizing, uh, I mean, the whole Biden thing irritates the shit out of me, but you look also at the polls and you're like, the number of people who want Medicare for all is actually promising. It's actually slightly hopeful. It's depressing that this fucking motherfucker is getting to be the nominee. Uh, and then you have people that are like, oh, well, I, I mean, the blue MAGA thing. It's like, oh, we can make America great again and get rid of Trump. It's like, you're not really like doing a great job of selling the shit to me. And you also, yeah. America has the potential to be great. America could be great, but sure as fuck wasn't great in the 50s. And sure as fuck isn't great now. And sure as fuck wasn't great when Obama was president. I mean, you look at all this stuff, it's just like, could be so much better. It isn't. And it's a choice. It is fundamentally a choice. It is a choice that we do not have universal health care. It is a choice that we, it's a choice that people starve to death. It is a choice that people go bankrupt from medical bills. It is a choice that people don't have adequate education. It's not, it doesn't need to be that way. And I, I just want us to make a better choice, you know? That's all, that's all I'd like. And not only make a better choice, but not get in the way of other people who are trying. I mean, this is the thing that really just... I'm, I'm very bitter about the Biden shit and all of this, but the thing that just makes me want to fucking punch somebody. Not really, but you know, like... I'm a, I'm a, I'm a non-violent person, like I have never actually... Never actually hit somebody. No, that's not true. I've, I've been in two sort of altercations in my life. Um, around third grade, I think it was field day, and I was waiting, um, I think I was waiting for my mom to pick me up or something. I, I was there in the, the parking lot by my school, and there was a kid. I don't remember why we were there. I don't know why it was just the two of us, but he was harassing me, and I, I don't remember what he said or what he did, but I just, like, at some point, like, snapped whatever he was doing. And I took my palm and just hit him in the forehead. And he went down. 
like just on the ground and then I ran away. Not the most brave or, you know, but it was kind of like a, um, an interesting thing. The other time that I've had an altercation like that was, um, well, Mark, and I'm not going to say his last name, but I still remember it because it's seared into my mind. Kid Mark from middle school who, you know, was probably at that age taller than I am now. And at that age, I was not that tall, taller than me. He picked on me all the time and he picked on a bunch of other people who's like, it's, it's a thing that you don't realize about bullies. Like when you're the people, when you're the person being bullied, you think like, oh, this is my bully. And then later on you look back and you're like, oh, well, shit, Mark is bullying a bunch of people. And you start looking and you're like, oh, well, Mark had these things happening at home. And you know, like a, you start feeling a little bit of sympathy for him. Doesn't justify what he did, but you can kind of understand. But that being said, again, I don't know what he said this day, right before math, um, we're in the front of the class. He's standing with his back up against the white, whiteboard, blackboard, uh, chalkboard. It was back when we had chalkboards. Uh, he's standing there and I'm standing there facing him and he says something to me. And I don't know what came over me, but I grabbed him like just like this, picked him up and pushed him. Not like through him, but like just pushed him a little bit. And his back kind of like hit the, um, the, the tray for chalk and for, um, you know, not in a way that he got hurt, but in a way that like scared the shit out of him. Cause he's like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Cause this is a guy, nobody ever stands up to him. And I'm, I'm not suggesting, I'm not trying to suggest that standing up to bullies is a good idea. Uh, can go wrong, but just, yeah, worked for me in this case. Never fucking bothered me again. And it's the only time I've ever been, I got suspended the rest of that day uh, because we were in a fight technically, I guess. Not really a fight, but yeah. And the, the principal and the teachers were all like, well, we know, we know Scott was getting picked on and we know that, you know, we're kind of, we actually kind of, actually kind of feel good and enjoyed that he did this finally. Um, but we have to suspend them both. So suspended me for the, the, the remainder of the day. And, uh, yeah, it's the only time in my life I've ever had a suspension from school actually. But anyway, totally, totally aside. Yeah, the crazy thing is I went down that path. I don't even remember what the fuck I was talking about. But the, the point of, of, of all of that, to the extent that there was a point, is just, I do feel like there's reason to think that maybe things can get much better. But they aren't, yet, at least. And the thing that bothers me is the people that stand in the way. You know, it's, I, I, I hate, the, it's such a cliche, the lead, follow, or get out of the way probably has some horrible history to it. And it's like a terrible thing if you say it, but this idea that, you know, you have people who are, I, I do think when you look at life, there are a lot of people, but I think, I think first of all, there are things that bother me and I find them like excruciatingly awful. And I always kind of feel like it's just me, but then you, you look around and it's like, I think a lot of people just tolerate shit. They're like, yeah, this sucks, but we're just going to grind through it and I don't tolerate it as much. Um, that's a thing. And I think that you shouldn't tolerate certain things. Like if you tolerate racism and inequity and you tolerate the things that we tolerate, they continue and they get worse and they never get better. 
you have to not tolerate them. You have to be intolerant of bad shit. Um, you just have to. Well, you don't have to, but you should, because if you're not, then it continues. So, you know, the, the people, though, that are like, you know, oh, no, we can't have universal health care, and they're actually, they're not the people who are even, you know, they're not the Republicans that bother me as much. They're not the people who are, like, just intrinsically opposed to it on a philosophical level. Um, but they're not those people. They're the people who are, like, Democrats, who are like, oh, no, we can't have that. We can't, have, you know, and that, this whole idea that this thing that in our peer countries is just like a given and has been for decades. And it's just like, you know, that's just the way it is in all these other countries. And here, no, we can't possibly do it. It's so far to the left. So such a, these moderate, moderate ideas like universal healthcare are treated as though they're these radical ideas. You know, like you're going to um, abolish all private ownership of everything. People act like those two things are like on the same level. We're going to give everybody health care and make sure there's no medical bankruptcy and all this stuff. Or you're going to totally abolish all private ownership. It's like, you know, there's a fucking gulf between those things. And they're not, they're not like this close. They're like fucking distant. Uh, you know, it, it just annoys me. Anyway, I think with that... Um, Probably enough rambling for now. Ah, serenity now. Um, I think that's gonna be it. Yeah. So minor life update. I um, didn't quite land on my own, but I'm getting to the point, getting really close. Um, this last time that I went up, though, I did do the the takeoff and basically the whole flight by myself. And the landing, uh, I had guidance, but I basically was on the. Uh, I was doing, I was doing pretty much all of it. Um, a lot of assistance from the instructor, like explaining what to do and when, and this is the time you do this, this is the time you do that, but pretty much, pretty much actually for the first time landed and it was surreal, it was kind of surreal. And you can see at a certain point in the near future, that's not gonna be, well, first off, it's gonna be like a thing that I'm just doing. And then you keep going and it'll be like a thing that's no big deal. You can see in the, you know, not really see into the future there, but, you know, it's like you drive. When you first start driving, it's so overwhelming and so many things are going on, you can't pay attention to it. And then at a certain point, like now I drive and, uh, you know, it's almost like I'm not doing anything. It's like just, it's all automated under the normal circumstances are all automated away to the point where I'm almost not even aware that I'm doing it unless something comes up. Like if there's an exception, like poof, your attention comes into focus. But other than that, no. And I can tell, you know, like flying is not there yet, but it's down the road and it's not that far down the road. So anyway, I had a couple people when I mentioned uh, that I was taking flight lessons um, that said that they were interested and uh, well, either that or one said uh, rotary or like helicopters. If you can afford it, um, and even if you can't quite, but you can't, you know, in terms of like wasting gas, burning fossil fuels, not the greatest thing in the world. Um, I don't feel great about that, to be honest. Although I've driven a Prius for so long that, you know, if I would have, the delta between me driving a Prius and if I would have driven like an SUV or some shit, probably have a few flights in me before I even catch up to that. Um, so I do, but I do still, I could justify it to myself there, but it's not a good thing. 
Uh, also avgas, aviation gas, it's low lead, which, is le which means there's lead in the gas, like it's leaded gas, um, not the greatest thing. It seems, it's one of those things where you're like, what the fuck is this? It, it, is it the 70s? Like what, the, what, what, what? But all of that said, still do it. It's, you might as well, you, you know, you only live once probably. And you're only kind of like, you know, and I do think like, I don't know. I, I look at, I have, I, have, I have kind of two minds on climate change. I think it's something that's very important that we actually address. I also think that we're not doing nearly enough to do, you know, like we're basically just letting shit happen, um, just like this virus. But also I do have some level of optimism that, you know, like things will get, things will certainly get bad but I, I'm cautiously optimistic that people will like kind of wake up and rally, uh, hopefully before it's too late and hopefully before too much damage is done. Although probably not, you know, like maybe I'm overly optimistic there. Um, could make a good argument either way. Anyway, with that, um, thanks for listening and uh, stay tuned.